I'm on, the title of my message today is, and we're still in the series, Family, God's Design. And the title of my message today is, In-Laws or Outlaws? And so we're going to talk, this is some serious stuff, because how many, how many in this room can say some in-laws have interfered in your marriage? <laughs> if they're in here, don't raise your hand. <laughs> But listen, that a lot. Of, it's just like me and Kim. We got we're in laws, and our and our and our in laws are here, in here too. Some of them, but uh, my in laws are gone. My Kim's parents, they're gone. But they were the best in laws anybody could ever have. I still to this day, I, I love them. They were so good. Nelva did not want me to marry Kim, and Nelva told her why. Nelva told her why. She said, "You marry him, you marry." His family. <laughs> and though I honor my family, I honor my, my mother and my father. My mother's still here, in case she gets this tape. But, but uh, that's what Kim told, that's what Nelva told Kim. Nelva's Kim's mother. That was Kim's mother. Told her, you marry him, you marry that whole family. And that happens to all of us. Yeah. That, that happens to all of us. How many have had trouble with that issue? Mama, in-law saying, you marry them, you marry that whole family. See, see, see it happens. It's, I'm, I'm talking about reality today. Some of us need to face some realities. And my, now I have son-in-laws. Let's see. I have one son-in-law. And there he is. And a daughter. And, and I have two daughter-in-laws. So we still have in-laws, even though they're, they're down, not up. You know, but they're, they're, they have upper in-laws. Patrick and Courtney, Courtney does, and, and Nick does, and Crystal is my other son's daughter. I mean, wife. They live in Kyle. And, but, uh, they're all, they're all born again, Christian faith, spirit filled, complete people of God. All of them. And I'm proud of them all. Kim told me not to brag on my kids today. So I'm not gonna brag on them. Any more than that. But I love them, and, 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 and I, know, I know Kim and I sometimes spoil the grandkids, and not sometimes, we just spoil them, period. Yeah, but that's what grandparents can do. Legally, I think it's okay. <laughs> but, but it is an issue, and the reason I'm talking about it is because there's a lot of people that really have problems, that really have some serious issues. With in-laws, because it doesn't always—it's not always a happy thing. It's not always a joyful thing. It's not always a good thing. Some way, the way some in-laws act, and just the way they be—you know what I mean. So we're going to talk some about that. But uh, before we get into the message, I wanted to make us laugh a little bit. So I'm going to bring about some some uh, man's rules that I made up. These are some rules. I didn't make these up. I found them somewhere. But they're so cool. And though these are man's rules, and they're kind of funny. They're humorous. It's meant to be humorous. So women, uh, lighten up a little bit today. <laughs> Rule number one. Learn to work the toilet seat. You're a big girl. If it's up, put it down. We need it up. You need it down. You didn't hear us complaining about you leaving it down. Rule 
Rule number one. They're all number one. Sunday sports. It's like the full moon or the changing of the tides. Let it be. I get I get all my rest watching, well, listening to golf on the couch. Sunday afternoons when there's golf on. I put it on golf. I'll go right to sleep. I love golf. I can't play it. I just listen to it. I don't even watch it. <laughs> Rule number one. Shopping is not a sport. And no, we'll never think of it that way. <laughs> Rule number one. Crying is blackmail. Rule number one. Ask for what you want. Let us be clear on this one. Subtle hints do not work. Strong hints do not work. Obvious hints do not work. Just say it! <laughs> rule. Rule. Rule number one. Come to us with a problem only if you want help solving it. That's what we as men do. Sympathy is what your girlfriends are for. <laughs> Rule number one. I got about 30 of these. Rule number one. Anything we said six months ago is inadmissible in an argument. In fact, all comments being null and void after seven days. <laughs> Rule number one. If something we said... Please, ladies, understand this. If something we said can be interpreted two ways, and one of the ways makes you sad or angry, we meant the other way. <laughs> Rule number one. You can either ask us to do something or tell us how you want it done, not both. If you already know best how to do it, just do it yourself. <laughs> These are so good. Eh? Y'all are going to get the CD just for this part. Rule number one. Whenever possible, please say what you have to say during commercials. I'm just being funny now. It's just funny. Rule number one, Christopher Columbus didn't need directions and neither do we. <laughs> you know that girl that talks on the radio and she tells you, recalculating. I tell her to shut up. Ain't nobody ask you anyway. <laughs> Rule number one, all men see in only 16 colors. Peach, for example, is a fruit, not a color. Pumpkin is also a fruit. And we have no idea what mauve is. <laughs> Rule number one, this is very important. If we ask what is wrong and you say nothing, we will act like nothing's wrong. We know you're lying, but it's not worth the hassle. <laughs> Amen. 
Rule number one again. If you ask a question and you don't want an answer that you don't want an answer to, expect an answer you don't want to hear. <laughs> hey. Number one, rule number one. When we have to go somewhere, absolutely anything you wear is fine, really. Did y'all get that? No, rule number one. Yes, you do have too many clothes. Rule number one. Yes, you do have too many shoes. Well, y'all see my closet. She's got a, she's got like 20 feet over there. Racks. I've got like three feet over here. I got more shoes than I ever had in my life. She's got more shoes than we'll ever have together in all our lives. I mean, I mean. Rule number one. This is last but not least. Aren't y'all glad? I am in shape. Round is a shape. <laughs> Just a little fun this morning. Okay. All right. Well, now we're going to get into the message. Was that good? Was that good? Pretty good. They ought to put me on, on, uh, you know what I told, I went to the city council meeting when, uh, Thursday night, last Thursday night, and, um, I just went because we were, uh, it wasn't my time to pray, but I asked Jimmy Lammers to come and pray, and since this would have been his last time, he's retiring today's his last Sunday to preach at First Baptist Church here in Little. Been 25 years pastor of that church. And so I invited him to come, and later I was, I, I talked to the mayor, and I told the mayor that I had invited Jimmy to come. And he said, well, we want to give him a key to the city. And he didn't know about it until we got to the meeting, and he prayed. And then the mayor came out and gave him a key to the city. And uh, we were sitting there, and I said, Jimmy, can you make a copy of that key for me? Because <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get one of those. <laughs> but before the- that we got there a little early. We were about 10 minutes before the meeting starts. It starts right at 6 o'clock. So we were there about 10 minutes till. And I started, and I was telling jokes to the whole city council in the city hall there. And uh, I said, you know what? Y'all ought, to, y'all ought to pay me to tell jokes. I'll come and tell y'all some jokes and get a, you know, a nice little spirit of laughter going on in here before the meetings. And they said, Johnny Wells said, Alan, we'll pay you to not come and tell jokes. <laughs> So I pulled my BB gun out and shot him right there. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was good. But uh, I was so proud. I was so proud of Jimmy Lambers to be able to, to receive a key to the city. And it's nice, man. It's in a box. And it was really nice. Yeah. One of these days. Who knows? Yeah. Amen. I don't think, I don't think it opens anything. It's just in the box. So today we're going to talk about the subject of in-laws. And in some cases, as we uh, may feel like calling them outlaws, <laughs> yeah. you know, in-laws have been the brunt of jokes for years. And, and we laugh about the stories and jokes about in-laws. But in reality, in-laws is a topic that couples seriously need to understand. And uh, because whether you like them or not, in-laws are a part of your marriage and how you relate to them and how they affect your marriage relationship. It's vital uh, to the success of your own marriage and family. It is vital uh, to to work this relationship in a proper way. So, how many of you know that's true? And we, we already asked that question. But Now, I love my in-laws and they love me, but in a lot of marriages today, in-laws, trouble is, is the second largest cause of strife in marriages. In-law trouble. 
Uh, and this stems from basically two reasons. You may want to write these down. Two reasons. First, the husband and wife have neither learned or applied the leave and cleave principle that we talked about earlier. The husband and wife need to learn that principle of leave and cleave that's mentioned in the Bible. And number two, they haven't learned how to work with differing personalities. I have found in the, my almost 20 years of pastoring now that, that I deal as a pastor with personalities. Do you all know that? Yeah. All of you all have differing personalities. Some of you all are really strange. And so, <laughs> but, but, but God loves all of us and He created us all unique and individual. We're all different. We all got our little quirks. Some of y'all I wonder about. Some of y'all come to mind in the middle of the night. And I'm thinking, whoa, thank you, Jesus. I told Jimmy, I said, well, Jimmy, maybe I could send some over to your church. <laughs> Let's look back in Genesis chapter 2, where God presented the woman to Adam in the very beginning, in the very first marriage. And it's in Genesis chapter 2. Let's read it there. It's beginning in verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. Praise God. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become what? One flesh. Okay, so when you got married, you came together, and you have become one. When we do a, when we do a wedding, when I do a wedding, I always tell the people, now, you're in covenant with God, but you're one together now. You are ten times more powerful spiritually than you were before you entered into that covenant. So let me tell you this. People who are not married, people who are just living together, and there's a lot of them. I'm not going to point anybody out, and you may be in here. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to uh, point to you or tell you anything, but, but this is the truth. When you make the covenant of marriage, you're living together now. Say you're living together now. You're, the man is spiritual and the woman is spiritual. Maybe they, to an extent, are spiritual. I, I praise God they may be. Amen? I hope they are. But when they come together in, in union, in covenant with God, through a marriage ceremony, they are ten times more powerful then than they were before. Yes. You need to understand that. Yes. There's benefits to, to what God's Word says and, what, and that we should obey. There's benefits to it. Okay? You're missing out if you're not. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. I'm putting it out there. It's the truth. Amen? Yeah. Everybody said amen. amen. I love you, Pastor. You can't be any more united than to make someone bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. That's total oneness. And because of that oneness, verse 24 came into existence. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This leave and cleave principle is not gender oriented. Both male and female must leave their fathers and mothers and cling to their spouse. It's not going to ever work if only one does it. 
Both of you have to. Now, when I say leave your parents, I'm not saying that you disown them or you ignore them. They are your parents. You should honor them always. Always. You may not like some of the things your parents have done or do, but you honor them. There is an honor beyond the, 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 the outward things that we see or the actions that you, that you see. They raised you. They brought you up in the place of maturity, hopefully, where you can live on your own. The Hebrew word for leave in verse 24 means to relinquish or refuse. Once you're married, you're, you are to relinquish your parents of their parental responsibilities. Okay? You, you, you relinquish. You, you, you just, you don't go there anymore. Amen? Once you're married, you are to relinquish your parents of their parental responsibilities toward you. This means you don't run to mom and dad every time a problem arises that you can't solve and you run to mom and dad for it. It's time for you to learn to deal with life according to the Word of God and come together with your spouse for solutions and resolutions. Amen? My fingerprints don't work anymore. They're hard to separate pages. Anybody else having that problem? (laughs) Me and Billy Ray. God wants both the husband and wife to become unique, whole, accountable, mature, and complete in God. And I want to tell you, everybody, this applies to everybody. If you'll take, if you'll take the Word of God and apply it in your life, you'll change. You'll change. If you're not there yet, you haven't arrived. Some of you haven't even left. <laughs> but one of these days, you're going to come to that place and you're going to say, I've left there. I'm going on. I'm, I'm, I'm maturing. And you're going to grow. And there's th- but if you'll take what God says in His Word and apply it to your life, the growth that you experience and mature into will change your life. You're, you're not going to make foolish, childish decisions anymore. You've done that. We've all done that. We've all made stupid mistakes. Amen? And they might still make one again tomorrow. I might. But God doesn't throw us away. Amen? Leaning on God and not depending on mom and dad or anyone else is, to, is what we're supposed to do when we marry. Leave means recognizing that you now have a wife or a husband that is your mate, not your parent. And this is not easy in a lot of marriages simply because people have, they've been so dependent on their parents. All these years, been dependent. It happens early in marriage right at first. You have a lot of uh, problems at first. But then they begin to see and they begin to grow and they begin to mature. They begin to learn to lean upon one another. And not mom and dad. Mom and dad are good when they need a bailout. They they go to them. But listen, you you should learn how to resolve your issues on your own without having to run back to mom and dad. Okay? It takes time and discipline to learn how to turn your mate into instead of instead of your parents. Learn to turn to him or her. And parents, I know you're probably just like me. I want to tell my kids what they should or shouldn't do in their marriage because I feel like. I have this wealth of wisdom to offer them. And it's true. However, it's true. It is true. Let your kids learn and make mistakes. And if if they ask for help, give them your opinion. But don't solve their problems for them. You can give them wisdom in decisions, words. That is not uh, help. That is, if if you give them more than that, 
If you help them solve their own problems, you're just interfering. And it causes more problems. Now, parents, I know from time to time you want to give your kids something that's okay. But be careful that they don't become dependent on you, always bailing them out. And you young married couples, learn to make it on your own without running to mom and dad always for help. And in many cases, it's just as hard on parents to relinquish their responsibility as it is the children. Now, the Hebrew meaning for cleave is to follow close and hard after, to stick fast together. Husbands and wives are not only to relinquish their parents' responsibility for their well-being, but they are also to stick together as one. Okay, I've got to watch what I say now. One of the easiest ways to hurt a relationship is through gossip or allowing negative words or of another to influence you. And when two personalities join together as husband and wife, there will be differences, and those differences aren't always bad. Kim helps to balance me out. I don't always agree with her on things, and she doesn't always agree with me. But we listen to each other. We listen to each other. Sometimes she gets her way. Sometimes I get mine. And, and, and we don't keep score. I've agreed with you five times. Now you've got to agree with me. We don't keep score. You shouldn't. In your marriage, listen, when you don't understand something your husband says or, or does, and you haven't taken the time to talk with him about it, it's easy, it's easy to talk to others. It's easy to call that girlfriend. Girlfriend, let me tell you what he did now. Oh, no, no, you don't believe. You are, you are never going to understand this at all. You, you know what he did last night? <laughs> it's tempting to call your parents when you're distressed. Yeah? Mama, you know what Kim did last night? Well, that would be foolish for me to do that at 65. You've, you've got to be careful of that because, listen, no matter how much they may like your husband, you're still their little girl. And in their minds, no one can treat you as good as they can. Right? No one is ever good enough for their daughter or son. Don't vent your frustrations in your marriage and family to your parents. Talk things out with your spouse. You must see wisdom you must use wisdom in determining how much of your marital, marital business you share with your parents. All the young married couples said amen. Told you that was in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> it's just in my word today. You and your spouse are building a marriage and family that's different than theirs. Man, we were, I was over there. We were babysitting Kim and I with, for Patrick and Courtney the other night. And Andrew's playing these games. He's, he's killing everybody on the screen. You know, that, I don't know what game that was. But there's people all over the world playing with him. What is that game? I can't understand it. He asked me I want to play. I said, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Give me this control. It's got five, six, seven, eight buttons on it. Just push that one. Just four by four. I don't understand. I don't get it at all. And he's going through there just blasting people and blasting them. And then every now and then he gets blasted. And I said, wow, that's a different world than I grew up in. It is totally different. I said, have you got a Happy Days TV show or something we can watch? 
And he did. So we watched Happy Days for a little bit. But, but I, see, it's a different world, people. It's a different world today for young couples than what Kim and I were when we were young. We got married at 20. We were both 20 years old when we got married. And it was a different world for us. We didn't have all... We entertained each other. Hmm. I just had a, I just had a flashback. We had fun together. We did. We, if there was nothing on TV, we, moving right along. And we had three kids. So, Patrick was a surprise. <laughs> you and your spouse are building a marriage and family that's different than theirs. I have to remind myself of this very well. I want to, I want to butt into my kids' affairs and, and my lovely wife. She tries her best to keep me from it, but sometimes it just slips out. Uh-oh. You know, can you imagine me slipping out? Well, but listen, the truth is, if the wife or the husband begins to complain to their parents about problems in their marriage, it can lead to division in the marriage. Listen, here's how, if you can get a picture of this, get a visual of this. You ever, you ever, y'all know what a wedge is? Not a wedgie. Don't get a picture of a wedgie. But a wedge. Y'all know what a wedge looks like? We have some out there that hold the door open. <laughs> oh, good. Anyway, the devil loves to come with a wedge, and, and that's how it happens. When look, you start complaining to your parent, one of your parents, husband or wife, start complaining to your parents about your spouse. And here comes the old devil with a wedge. And he begins to drive a wedge and hammer it between you and your wife. And he drives that wedge, and then he'll destroy. He, he knows, well, if I can get... This is good. I can break this marriage up. I can ruin this family. And he does it every day. He does it every day. Not just because of that reason. But that can, that can lead to that. That can open the door to the enemy to come in. Young couples, listen to me. You need to not, not vent yourself to your parents about your spouse. You, when you do that, you're doing it about yourself because you have become one. When you married, you became one. When you talk bad about the other, you're talking bad about yourself because you are now one. You remember that. Remember that. It's critical. Amen? The oneness principle gets sabotaged when you vent, when you vent or criticize your spouse to your parents. Don't do that. Work these differences out between you and your spouse. Or come to the pastor. You can always come. I tell every couple I marry, every couple I do the wedding for, I tell them, you come back to us anytime you need to talk. Y'all ever have any problems? You come back to us. I haven't. They don't come back much, but they're, they're doing pretty good. Some of them not not together anymore. That hurts. I don't like to see that because I know the devil won that. He caused that that uh, strife. And then the seeds of those words that your parent or parents have been speaking to you about your spouse would be will begin to pop out of your mouth back to your spouse. It's just like mom said, you're crazy. <laughs> See, there it just came out. You, he knows then that you've been talking about me to your mom. Yeah. 
And this only serves to escalate the, the conflict and, and bring hurt. Listen, all you married couples here today, if you'll, if you'll follow hard after God and after each other, you won't, and you won't listen to others' opinions that can hurt and destroy your marriage, you'll, you'll have a successful marriage. You, you'll learn to get along. You'll mature. God made you to become one with your spouse. Stick to them. Stick to them. They, they are more important to you than anyone else besides God. But your spouse should be more important to you than anybody else in this world. One, tra- one translation of Genesis 2.24 says to be glued to each other. Be glued to each other. Now, it's, it's not that you don't ever listen to your parents when they are offering advice or wise counsel. But don't receive their negative criticism and judgments of your spouse. Don't, don't receive that. If you're a parent-in-law here today, don't give your negative opinions to your kids and their spouses. Even if it's, if it's true, even if you know it's true, don't do it. And friends, don't you do it to, uh, to each other either. Friends shouldn't do that to one another. Say things that edify. We're to edify, comfort, and build up. Build up. Don't tear down. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says that love is ready to believe the best of every person. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Always believe the best, no matter what everybody else is saying about them. It's hard for us to practice a lot of these things, but this, this is God's Word. And we are, we are giving our lives to Christ, and we surrender to His will, not ours. We're to become like Christ. Amen? Believe the best about your spouse. After all, he or she makes good decisions. They chose you to be their lifelong mate. Right? They made wise decisions. Besides, you must remember this, that you are one with your mate. And when someone talks critical about him or her, they're also talking about you. When you believe the best in your mate and cleave to them, you don't listen to your in-laws or anyone else's criticize, ridicule, or belittle them. Sometimes in-laws think they have a right to openly voice their opinions or comment on your mate, but they don't. They don't have a right to. Y'all understand that? That's a law. That's a good one. When you married, they gave up their responsibility over you. Believe in your marriage. Stand for your oneness and fight off any words that would seek to damage your relationship. If you cleave, there's no room for strife. That's just true. Now, let's turn it around for a moment. You don't, you don't dishonor your in-laws either. I'm not talking about in-laws who are trying to disrespect your marriage. Don't allow anyone to do that. Don't allow anyone to do that. Instead, I'm referring to an individual not liking an in-law because of their personality or jealousy of, their, of the love his or her spouse has for them. There's no room for jealousy in the life of a believer, any believer. Jealousy stems from insecurity. People do people all the time that, that are jealous about things and envious about things, they're insecure themselves. They're just showing their own issues. If this is a problem for you, renew your mind with the Word of God, build trust in your mate, and become confident in the role God has given you. Here's a list of, here's a list of principles to help you in your relationship with in-laws. Number one, realize that your in-laws may come from a different background. Yeah, think about it. And these, these are good points. Today's world is different than when they grew up. Respect them for what they've been through and the wisdom that they have. Be open to learning from them 
try to develop a friendship with them. And let me tell you, uh, mothers, mothers, it is your responsibility, biblically, scripturally, to, to teach the younger women yeah. how life should be and how life should go. You, it's, it's up to you to show them in the Word. Show them the Word of God and what the Word. It's, it's, your, it's your job, scripturally, to teach the younger women. Yeah. says it in the Bible. So, so help, help these young women. Don't, you know, maybe your marriage didn't work, but you want theirs to. Amen? Number two, deal with reality. Both you and your in-laws may have been, may be having the same thoughts about each other. They thought you'd be like this, and you thought they would be like this, and so on. But remember, forget your expectations. You can't change anyone else, only yourself. You can change yourself. Don't have unrealistic expectations about your in-laws. Just be the best you can be and try to find good in them. Number three, your in-laws aren't your parents. If you think they'll be just like your parents, you're wrong. While they may do things you don't like or agree with, remember that they did raise the wonderful man or woman you married. Amen. All my kids are blessed, all of them. And my in-laws are blessed too. I love them all. I love them all. They're they're awesome. Respect them for that. Never dishonor them because that will hurt your mate. Never dishonor your in-laws. That will hurt your mate. Learn to compromise on the differences that are the least important and negotiate on the ones that violate your principles. Don't talk about what bothers you about your in-laws to others. When you have an opportunity, discuss it with them. With a positive attitude. Number four, set boundaries. Set boundaries. Me and Kim kind of have learned over the years what our boundaries are with our in-laws. We've learned. We've, been, we've got great in-laws. And the kids, they're great. And we, we know the boundaries. We, we, sometimes we do. Sometimes we break them up. <laughs> but dealing with the personality traits of in-laws can be exhausting. Can you imagine what Courtney and Crystal have to put up with with me? And Nick, don't forget Nick. Yeah, and Nick. Nick, Nick, he's a sweetheart. He doesn't. I don't do anything to bother that guy. We're buddies. We're Patriots fans. Can't go wrong with that. Uh oh. Priority-wise, your mate and your children always come before your in-laws. Priority-wise. If you have an in-law that is constantly violating this priority, take a stand. Let them know you love them, but that they are draining your emotional energy and your family is being neglected because of it. For example, if your mama, husband or wife, says, son or daughter, I need you to come over to my house and do this or do that right away. Right away. And you and your family are in the middle of doing something else. Don't run to mama just because she says to. Hey, is that right? Remember, if there's trouble with in-law interference, it usually means you or your mate need to build a stronger family unit. In-laws can be a blessing if you know how to handle the relationship. Before that can happen, however, a level of privacy must be established and in operation within your marriage in order for it to grow and develop without outside interference. You know what? Uh, I've never done this. Kim and I have never done this. 
And I don't know how other families are. But we never go to our son and daughter's house and just walk in the door. We never just open the door and walk in. We always knock. Does everybody like that? Yeah. But, and I mean, it might have been they didn't answer or they were asleep or whatever. But we never just enter their houses. That's their private. That's not my house. That's their house. And we never enter. And, and, and when we go to their house, their rules apply. Not, not our rules. Their rules. If they, they don't, I mean, Courtney don't want me to wear my shoes in her house, so I don't. I take them off. And I said, they got that cement floor. And you see every track. So she knows if I took them off or not. And so I take them off when I come in the house. And I do, I just do it. I, that's, you know, that's their house. I respect their rules and, and I abide by them. And, but as far as the kids, I love those kids, and I just do whatever I want with them. <laughs> but uh, you, you, in-laws, you abide by the kids' rules in their house. Don't, don't, don't break their rules, okay? You just, that's their house. Yeah, respect their rules. Uh, and there are times when you'll need to go to your parents for help or advice, and that's great, but they... Because they may have some wisdom or experience that you can help or guide with. But above all, always apply the leave and cleave principle in your marriage. And you will have a stable and peaceful marriage relationship. You know, uh, I read the book of Ruth last night. And it's a great book about... uh, Boaz was the kinsman redeemer of Ruth. And uh, he redeemed her. She was in the line of... uh, Obed had... Who was the guy? Anyway, he's the father, grandfather of Jesse, who, who bore David, King David. Anyway, but read that. It took me, it's only four chapters. You're talking about a, a wonderful example of in-law relationship. Yes. Uh, Ruth didn't leave her mother-in-law. She stayed with her, Naomi. She stayed with her, even though her husband had died. And Naomi's husband died, and then her son, who was married to Ruth, died. And, uh, but she stayed with her, faithful to her. She said, where you go, I'll go. Who you worship, I'll worship. Yes. Your people will be my people. She stuck with her. Uh, I just encourage you to read that book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. It, it took me about two or three hours to read, I think. <laughs> I'm a slow reader. I'm not a fast reader. But it's a great book to read. Just read it and read it again. I've read it probably three or four times before anyway, but I just wanted to read it again last night. But it's a great example of a good in-law relationship. And it's really powerful. Listen, I want to pray for, for everybody's in-law relationships today. And then we'll close. But uh, I, want you to, I want you to begin to see if there's, if, there, if there's strife and differences in your in-laws, with your in-laws today. Uh, I want to pray about that and, and believe that God can heal and restore those relationships. Because that, that, that's all the enemy wants is just to have a, a door of opportunity to be able to come in and drive a wedge in between and destroy not, not just your relationship with your wife, but your in-laws as well. He not only, he won't stop. Man, when he gets a stronghold and he gets into a place to drive a wedge, he's going to start tearing everything he can tear up. That's what he does. So let's just pray. I want to pray for every person in this room. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, 
I just stand for for every couple, every young couple, and every older couple that's in laws, in laws. Father, you you know what's going on in these people's lives, but help them to learn to honor and respect the authority and the word of God of the leave and cleave principle. That Father, they can they can grow together to when they, when a young couple marries, they come together as one. And that's your best for them. That's your best for them. They've come together as one. Help them to understand that oneness principle as well. That they have left their parents. They've come now together. May they grow in their oneness together. Understanding the truth of who they are. Learning how to mature and resolve all their issues without their uh, parents. Not, Not saying that they dishonor their parents or they're to never ask their parents for anything but to understand that that separation that they need to go always go first to each other come together lord i pray for healing and restoration in relationships with in-laws in every person in this room every every couple in this room every married couple every in-laws that are the 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 parents and the in-laws that are the sons and daughters lord heal all those in jesus name Lord, uh, and any in-laws that have been outlaws, I pray, Father, they would come to humble themselves, see their wrong, heal their ways. Lord, help them to see their own mistakes and ask you for forgiveness. May they come together as one in, in, in their own relationship with you. In Jesus' name.